You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Yo, 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 what is up? It's your boy Sterls, and I'm glad to be here tonight. For those of you who are listening, I appreciate all the support. If you haven't followed, liked, or subscribed to Intentional Grounding right here on Buffalo Rumble's Zitcast feed, make sure you go ahead and give me a like. Also, put the network on buffalo rumblings make sure you like subscribe as well we're going to talk about a lot tonight you know i wanted to come in here and give you guys uh some hope give you guys some uh some things to kind of be concerned about we're not going to flip out tonight but we are going to talk about some stuff okay uh before we jump into things i want to make sure you guys know that this show is brought to you by slider shelf where we help you reach what matters bills fans if you have a home improvement project that involves shelving, uh, Slider Shelf has you covered. You can use these shelves. They, they slide in and out, obviously, hint the name. But they are so awesome. You can do a lot with these shelves. But you got to check them out. Their, their products are found at Home Depot, Lowe's, and online. And if you use the promo code Intentional Ground, it will give you 20% off. So, with that being said... I would assume that you guys are here to kind of go over what's been going on uh, with the Bills uh, preseason game against the Pittsburgh Steelers. I mean, come on, man. Come on. Like, you know, watching that show, (laughs) show like it's a sitcom, watching that game, sorry, watching that game, man, it really got me going. You know, I tried to, I tried to sit there and watch it with a, with this kind of, okay, I'm not going to get frustrated. Like, I'm not going to get too mad because it's only just preseason. And, and, you know, we've said those kind of things every preseason. But the Bills kind of win, and, you know, uh, uh, the the flaws aren't re- – they're not, like, blatantly open as, as they were yesterday. So you, I try not to come in here – I try not to overreact. I, I, I rewatched the game, and I'm just left with this not defeated because, obviously, it's, it's not the playoff game. It's not like losing to the Bengals or the Chiefs in the playoffs. But it definitely leaves a, a bad taste in your mouth. Maybe, maybe it's one of those situations where um, I'm triggered. Like, we went through the Bengals' loss. 
we saw 13 seconds and it just brings up things, right? Like, for instance, we went into this offseason, we lost Tremaine Edmonds, but we really didn't do anything to replace Tremaine Edmonds. And you look at this the middle linebacker play, and it's just ho-hum. It's not even good. Again, it's only preseason. We saw the Bills go out and revamp this offense, gave Josh Allen more weapons because we felt like, or the team felt like that was deficient at times during the season, which I agree with. And I think the weapons are fine, right? But then you go and you look at this offensive line, and let me say this. It's not all Spencer Brown's fault. I felt like the line as a whole didn't play really well. And I think you also have to keep in mind who Deion Dawkins is, right? Um, Tackles get beat, folks. Left and right tackles get beat. They pay these guys a lot of money to protect the quarterback, and it's going to happen, you know? And what I mean by, De- remember who Deion Dawkins is, he's he's the one of the most consistent players on the offensive line for the Bills. But he's going to get beat, and we saw that. Um, Alex Highsmith, they, he just got a bag this offseason. He's, he's a good player, and he, he got around Deion. T.J. Watt is, is one of the best in the league. They're going to cause problems, folks. Um, but overall, let's talk about the game overall, and then we're going to dive into some specifics, some things that I thought. Um, you know, let's let's start with the offensive line woes. Let's let's the game in and of itself. I mean, first of all, I don't know about you guys, but I was excited to see Josh Allen take the field. Man, it's good to see 17 on the field. Like you get that excitement, you know, like he's going to do something great. That's, you know, that it just, well, that was something. <laughs> I don't know what just happened, but uh, if you're still here, uh, thanks for hanging out. Uh, I'll go and edit this. So when you're listening to it uh, in your car tomorrow, you'll, you'll, things will kind of clear up. But anyway, uh, we're talking about uh, my takeaways from the game. He's back. Yes, Richard Rush, I am back. I don't know what just happened, but everything just kind of, Whoop! Went, it was gone, and all of a sudden, I'm like, "Oh my gosh!" But anyway, <laughs> yes, for false start. Um, yeah. So back to the game. So you know, you're going into it, and you do to overreact. Is kind of where I was, where I left off. And we're talking about the offensive line. Um, you know, I do think that we're talking about offensive tackles getting beat, right? Deion Dawkins is going to get beat. Spencer Brown's going to get beat. But Spencer Brown's the one that we got to talk about tonight. Um, and it's kind of unfortunate. I'm not saying the, the book is closed on Spencer Brown by any means, okay, because I don't believe that. Um, he, all of his reps were not bad. I know he had a penalty. I know he got a sack. But uh, they, weren't, they weren't all bad, okay? So let's let's kind of, you know, I know that's the one we see where Josh Allen's getting sacked. And again, we're talking about, you know, some of the things that are accentuated or made big from the offseason coming into now, right? So I will say this. He did give up a sack, yes. Spencer Brown gave up a sack, and it wasn't good. 
But I feel like he had some solid reps too. So we can't just just poo-poo on Spencer Brown. However, what we can be concerned about is the depth on the offensive line. I think that's a problem. The offensive line has a problem. And this is a not just a Buffalo Bills problem. This is a league-wide problem, okay, where teams don't have any solid depth at the offensive line. Um, look, we saw Tommy Doyle go down with an injury. Uh, it looks like he's going to be out for the season, which is unfortunate. Uh, I don't know, ACL maybe. Um, I don't think the team has really come out and said what it was, but it didn't look good. It did not look good. Um, he's another draft pick that, uh, you know, we wanted to see more out of coming in this year. He had a little injury scare last week. And, and you know, reports came back that he was fine. But unfortunately, he's out for the season. Now, we did see Brandon Shell decide he, you know what, I'm calling it quits. I'm going to retire. So at the offensive tackle position, the Bills have need at depth. But guess what they did today? <laughs> According um, to Damon Talbot at Draft Diamonds, the Bills are signing Garrett McGinn. The Bills are signing Garrett McGinn. Um, he is an offensive tackle. He did play for the Renegades in the XFL. Uh, he He's a uh, Eastern Carolina uh, alum. Uh, this is his third stint with the Bills. So he he was an undrafted free agent in 2019, and uh, he's back with the team. I don't know if that's going to be the only move the team makes um, at the tackle position, but you do have uh, David Questenberry. We're going to see, you know, if uh, David Garage and um, what's that one? I can't remember that other guy's name. Uh, see what he does. But I, I, I think, you know, if, if Spencer Brown goes down, Dion goes down, the Bills are in trouble. The Bills are in trouble. Uh, let's talk about the guard position. I told you guys last week, this is, the, this is some good news. I told you guys last week that um, Osiris Torrance was going to win the right guard job. And this has been a name that has been a hot topic with the Bills or or with the fan base because I felt like coming in, um, no, I mean, he has a shot to play this year. There's other people who felt like he needed a year to kind of, you know, uh, settle in, um, kind of work on his technique a bit. And he started at right guard again. He started at right guard again. And that's that's a big deal. That is a big deal. So you're trusting this rookie, right guard, to come in and be, you know, a cog, right, in the run game and in the pass game and protect Josh Allen and the fact that he's starting again. I told you guys last week, I said, if I think this is going to be the game where he is going to solidify himself as a starting right guard and boom, the team hasn't come out and said it, you know, publicly, but giving him a starter right guard, uh, it doesn't mean that, you know, Ryan Bates is chopped liver. You know, I feel like Ryan Bates is your, is he could fill in in any five of these positions, but I think he's probably going to be the backup center. Um, and Ryan Bates is going to stick around. So Osiris Torrance folks, Osiris Torrance is going to be quarterback number two or right guard. Number two. Sorry. I think he's locked it up. You can go on and book it, go on and get your Jersey, go on and get your Osiris Torrance cyborg Jersey. But I think the right guard, uh, position is solidified. I, look, again, I've told you guys, he's not going to come in. I don't think he's going to come in and be this Pro Bowl right guard. 
he does lift the floor of your offensive line. Keep in mind, the Bills have had a revolving door at guard for years. And I think now you have a starting right guard who who will, I think he gives you more of an upside in terms of playing just that position than Ryan Bates does. And I think he's going to be the starting right guard for years to come. So that's that's great. So, you know, as much as we criticize Bean's picks at times, I think it's good to know that we got a starting right guard. Connor McGovern. Uh, Connor McGovern was okay. He was okay. Um, I didn't see, you know, um, I, I think he did his job, you know. Mitch Morris is fine. Um, as far as the running back position goes, James Cook had three carries. I mean, he really couldn't glean much from James uh, James Cook's output on Saturday. Uh, I think he was putting some some difficult situations, as is the entire offense. So I really wasn't down on James Cook um, in terms of what he was able to do and accomplish during the game. Um, you know, James Cook had three carries for three yards. Like, I'm not even tripping on that. Not even tripping on that at all. Um, you know, Latavius Murray, though, six carries for 26 yards, 4.3 yards per carry. I thought Latavius Murray looked good in the time that he spent. I definitely uh, want to see Damian Harris at some point. I hope he um, gets healthy to where maybe we could see him with for a few carries next week. We don't know. I don't even know how much the starters, they're probably not even going to play next week, just to be honest. Um, cornerback two. Let's talk about Matt Barkley. So, Matt Barkley, man, he screwed up. <laughs> he did not look well. So, let's let's go back to last week where we were talking about how good Matt Barkley was, which he played really well. And we were kind of down on Kyle Allen, even though the Bills came out during the during this week and they said they kind of the players kind of graded out similarly. Um and so that they were, the the corner uh the quarterback two position was still an open competition. Well, I think that door shut because you cannot come out here, Matt Barkley, and have four turnovers. It's not going to cut it, man. You know, as we talked about last week, how he was all he he was on time in terms of his throws. Uh, he had command of the offense, but this week against the Steelers, I didn't know what he was looking at. I could not tell what he was looking at. That was rough. That was very rough. That was a very rough output for, for Matt Barkley. And Kyle Allen came in and played well. I thought Kyle Allen, um, even though it was against the threes, even though it was against the threes, um, I think Kyle Allen played well. You know, um, I love the fact that he got Justin Shorter involved. That was that was awesome to see. Getting Justin Shorter involved. Um you know, he led the team five, uh, five receptions, 47 yards and a touchdown. Hey, I love it. I love it because last week we saw Justin Shorter didn't do anything. So the fact that he came in and, and played well, I think that bodes well for him. I think that looks good. Um, you know, I'm a little disappointed. I'm a little disappointed in Khalil Shakir. And, folks, I, I'm going to sit here and tell you, I don't know if the kid's going to make the roster. And that, that, that's, that to me is troubling. And here's why I say this. Look at last year, okay? Now, I understand that, you know, Khalil Shakir it was a rookie last year. But you look around the league and you see wide receivers are able to, nowadays are able to come in and make an impact on a roster, right? We see that all the time, okay? He's a fifth-round pick. 
I liked them coming out of Boise State. But the Bills, when the, when the, when the chips were down, what did they go do? They went and got Cole Beasley. They went and got John Brown. That should tell you something, right? Okay, so we could say, well, you know, I, I think this idea that the Bills don't want to play their rookies, I don't know if I believe that. Because I think if, if he was ready, if he was good enough to play, they would have played him. They, I don't think they would have went out and signed two off-the-street free agents at the middle to the end of the year. I don't think they would have done that if Shakir was – they thought he can come in and contribute. We saw flashes, but it's just inconsistent. And from what I hear from people who've gone to training camp, we hear beat reporters talk about what they've seen of Khalil Shakir, and it's like the man is inconsistent right now. And I don't think we can really depend on him uh, to, to make an impact. And that's that's troubling to me. Now, in terms of his um, him making the team, but you got Justin Shorter out here making plays. And, and the reason why I bring up this Justin Shorter thing is because Justin Shorter also plays special teams. And I think – and we know how much they value special teams. So what does Khalil Shakir bring to the table from a traits perspective over some of these other guys? He's not, he's not a – you know, height, weight, speed guy like Justin Shorter. Mm-mm. He's not a much of a separator in terms of route running like Andy Isabella. So he doesn't play special teams. So we saw the Bills go out and get Isabella. They got Deontay Hardy, who can be a kick returner, punt returner. I mean, we know Naheem Hines would have been that guy, but he he's out for the season. So again, what does Khalil Shakir bring to the table that that you can roster him? And and I, I real because he's a fifth round pick. I love draft picks. I, I love evaluating these players. But when I'm looking at it, I don't. It's I'm not saying he's not going to make the team. But what I'm saying is, it's not looking good, folks. It's scary to me right now because if if you look at the top receivers on this squad, let's go through them: Diggs, Davis. That's two. Sherfield, Hardy, that's four. Right now, I take Isabella, right? So you're looking at, you know, that fifth receiver position, that sixth receiver position, I think that's between Khalil Shakir and Justin Shorter. What is What has Khalil Shakir done to stay on the roster? Are the bill? I mean, the Bills kind of know what they have in him. Okay. But you got Justin Shorter, who at least gives you some some height and, and can play gunner on special teams. Like that's a big deal, right? So if he's cut, don't be surprised. I mean, it'd be nice if he could make it to the practice squad. I don't think that even if he was, I think if he was if he was cut, I think a team will some another team will take him. I think another team would take him, but folks, <laughs> my brothers and sisters, I'm telling you, Khalil Shakir might not make the team. And let, let's let's just start walking that. Let's just start getting that in our head because when cut day comes, I don't want us to be like shocked because you heard it. You heard it here. Okay. Uh, let's talk about Dalton Kincaid. Whoo boy. Dalton Kincaid, man. <sighs> Look, man, this is this is this, this gives me this makes me happy. 
to see Dalton Kincaid get out on the field and make plays. Like what we thought he could do, he was doing yesterday. He was doing it. Okay. Um, Dalton Kincaid had three receptions for 45 yards. Lined up in the slot. It was phenomenal. It looked great. It looked so good. And, you know, I don't know where you guys are on the spectrum. Okay. But uh, it's okay to be excited about Dalton Kincaid. It's okay to be excited. Because what he gives you, I think he gives you, it opens up the middle of the field again for the Bills offense. It gives you, because the middle of the fields open up, I think it gives you some ability for run after catch for other guys. It gives you, it gives you a lot. So you put you put him in a slot, and you saw what he did. Cross the face of a linebacker, you know, with a little on the in route. Boom, ball balls right there. He's running up the field. He did that twice. Like, listen, folks, be excited about be excited about Dalton Kincaid. Be excited, man, because that dude's going to be a baller. He's going to be a baller. And uh, J- him and Josh are going to develop a relationship in terms of, you know, Josh throwing him the ball and being a reliable target. The hands are there, folks. The route running is there. Dalton Kincaid is a guy. I'm sorry. If, you know, I'm not saying he's Travis Kelsey, but, boy, the, it looks like it, doesn't it? Go back and watch it. It's very Travis Kelsey-ish, the way he moves and the way he sets up defenders with route running. I'm just, I'm not saying he is him. I'm saying there's some similar traits, and that's okay to say. That's okay to say. Uh, Z-Mad Mafia says, uh, agreed on Shakir. Tough with our depth and guys like Sherfit, Isabella stepping up just a numbers game. Shakir right on the edge now. He, he's on the edge. I'm not saying he's not going to make the team. Uh, You know, Mr. Free and Clear says Shakir is 100% making the team. And he might. He might. He might. But, you know, coming into this offseason, I thought there was not a, 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 a thought in my mind that said, Khalil Shakir ain't making the team. Yeah, uh-uh. There's no, there's no way. But now, a few months have passed. Training camp is pretty much passed. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know, man. I don't know about that. I don't think we can be too excited. Uh, one of the things I wanted to see was how will how would Khalil, I mean, Kair Elam respond? Now, so uh, I don't know if you guys have listened, but I dropped a little three-minute drill, which I'll be doing every week uh, before the Bills game, on um, on right here on the Buffalo Rumblers uh, vidcast feed, um, talking about Kair Elam versus George Pickens. I don't know if you guys remember last year in the Steelers game, uh, George Pickens had six uh, catches for 83 yards. Most of those came against Kyrie Elam. And I wanted to see how he would respond if if he would be lined up on George Pickens and and what the results would be. And then really didn't get to see that much. But we could talk about um, Khalil Shakir's play. And I think that's something that another one we got to discuss because right now he's not giving you much. I really wanted Dane Jackson to be, you know, the backup to Kyrie Elam. And that's not the case. That is not the case. It's not the sexy. It's not the sexy thing. But Kyrie Elam, again, he's he's extremely handsy in coverage. And he's getting called. 
And it's it's gotta. It, those are the kind of things that are going to get you put on the bench. They're going to get you put on the bench. That's a first round pick, folks. That is a first round pick that he's going to make the team. And maybe you know it's one of those things where okay, this is year two. He he's going to be better in year three. We've seen players uh, that Brandon Bean, Sean McDermott draft that they pop in year three. Let's hope that's the the case for him. But for us to have an expectation of him this season to contribute. I think unless Dane Jackson gets injured, I think we need to kiss it goodbye. And maybe it's a matchup basis kind of thing where, you know, if they're going to play more man coverage, that they're going to deploy Kyrie Elam over Dane Jackson. I don't know. But Dane Jackson, man, like you look at um, just, you know, watching the watching the film, what Dane Jackson does in his own coverage, and he he knows where he's supposed to be. He communicates well with the other DBs in terms of passing guys off and being in the right position and understanding leverage. And I mean, he, he does all those things. He does them well. He's not a high upside, you know, he doesn't have the physical traits that Kyrie Elam does, but Kyrie Elam doesn't have the, you know, the comfortability in the scheme right now. And so don't be, don't, don't, you know, it's one of those things. Yeah. The bills took a chance on a cornerback round one and it's not panning out as of right now, maybe next year, but, and maybe he gets better throughout the season, but right now we can only go by what we've seen. And it's just, it's not, it's not promising. Christian Benford, at least he plays special teams, right? But Christian Benford didn't do anything uh, to, to get me excited yesterday. So uh, I think cornerback two, I think, again, I think that position is sewed up. I think Dane Jackson's is your, is your cornerback two. Um, before we continue, let's, let's do this. We're going to go to a break and I'll be right back in one minute. Bill's mafia is back. Are you ready for it? The third annual Buffalo Rumblings IPA beer release party is going down September 16th, 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. at the Resurgence Brewing Company located downtown at 55 Chicago Street. I'm going to tell you what, you do not want to miss this event. Come out and hang with Joe, Sarah, and the rest of the Buffalo Rumblings crew for the Megapod. You're going to want to bring your questions and be a part of the live stream. Get involved. It's going to be live. And this year, we're also going to have our friends from Fans of Buffalo joining the party and sponsoring the fun. They're going to be in the house to provide you with all the information you need to make your away game day experience the easiest and the most smooth that you've ever had in your life. I can promise you, they they do their job very well. So make sure you make it out Saturday, September 16th, 6 p.m., Resurgence Brewing Company, 55 Chicago Street. Go Bills. Yeah, make sure you uh if you if you guys are in the area, September 16th. Hey, that 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 party is great. It's fun. And if you like beer, if you like family atmosphere, uh and you can hear from some of your favorite um Buffalo Rumblings uh podcasters, contributors, we'll all be there. So so I would love to meet you guys. Um so that's going to be September 16th. So make sure you make it out to Resurgence. Um moving along here. Uh Whew. Bills are in trouble in middle linebacker. I mentioned earlier, you know, we saw the departure of Tremaine Edmonds and the team really didn't do anything uh, to fortify the middle linebacker position. 
And I, I'm, I don't understand that, you know, you can't be solid at every position in this league, and especially when you're paying a quarterback what you're paying them. And you got guys like Von Miller and, and you got guys on the, on the team that have big contracts. So you're going to have to make calculated decisions because you can't keep everybody. But uh, all the slander that Tremaine Edmonds took in the fan base because he didn't make enough splash plays, boy, don't you wish you had him now? Because <laughs> when I look at A.J. Klein filling in for Tyrell Dotson, oof, and it doesn't look good. There's nothing, there's nothing on this roster that inspires me. And Terrell Bernard is injured. And even if when he let's let's be let's keep it a buck, even when he is healthy, it doesn't look good. It doesn't look good. I I did think that I was hoping that they do something with Dory Williams and put him at middle linebacker, but that really didn't happen. So they try AJ Klein out there. And buddy, it's just rough. Tyrell Dotson, AJ Klein, man, we listen from a matchup perspective. I don't know how you're going to mask that. I think, you know, teams are going to isolate. They're going to they're going to put Tyrell Dawson in conflict. How will he respond? I'm not too I'm not too uh excited about what I think he'd do when pressed with some matchup conflicts. Think about the Chiefs. What 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 are, what are you going to do Buffalo when you play the Chiefs that have Travis Kelsey? That, but you're gonna go dime. You probably have to go dime, but then that's gonna open you up for the run game. So I don't know, man. They they don't pay me to do this, you know. I, I hope they figure it out, but maybe they go out and they call some guys, whatever's out there. I would love to see them go get uh, Anthony Barr, but and he's mid, right? There's, you know, they waited a long time and, and they really haven't addressed it. And it's okay to be irritated that they spent assets on two third round picks for outside linebacker and with no intention of them playing middle. Well, Tyrell Dotson, you know, he he was a late, a late guy, but Ter- Terrell Bernard and, and Dorian Williams, both third round picks. And, you're, and, and it's like, it's okay to be mad at Brandon Bean. Like, come on, dude. Like, we needed you to, we needed this. We needed this to work. I'm not saying it's not working, but the fact that Dorian Williams is not playing middle linebacker, he's just playing outside, and you spent a third-round pick on that? Like, you want, you know, first, second, third-round guys you draft, you expect them to come in and be starters. Now, I understand this roster's a little different. It's stacked in some areas. It's loaded, right? So it's going to be hard for guys, that, you know, to get drafted and come in here and produce. Unless there's like obvious holes that that you know, like Dalton Kincaid is going to make his way onto the roster because he's he's legit. But you know, third round guys, and you know, it's one of those things. It's like this. I don't know if you guys noticed this, but I definitely sensed a shift in uh, Brandon Bean's draft philosophy this year. Whereas he was he he would gamble on you know guys that were you know tra- that had traits. So we saw guys like Josh Allen, Tremaine Edmonds, Spencer Brown, to name a few, Boogie Basham, Tommy Doyle, guys with high athletic upside that were more projects, right? And some of those, when you when you gamble, sometimes it doesn't work out. 
I think this year we saw a shift. I think he took safe bets. Okay. You got yourself a, a Dalton Kincaid who can come in and play. You went and got yourself um, uh, Osiris Torrance who can come in and plug and play. And so I don't know when they got to, to round three. I don't know if I thought, even in the pre-draft process, I didn't think Dorian Williams was a plug-and-play guy. I, like, I, I, I mean, I had a fifth-round grade on him, sixth-round grade on him. So here we are, folks. I mean, we're a few weeks away from the beginning of the regular season, and the Bills don't have a middle linebacker. Again, we're not going to be solid. We're not going to be solid out there at every position, but middle linebacker is kind of an important position. It's kind of a big deal. What are the Bills going to do? Now, I'm not even going to get carried away and be like, well, the Steelers exploited, you know, the Bills linebackers. I mean, I felt like, you know, uh, just as much as, you know, I felt like um, Tyrell Dotson kind of, you know, lost contain and let that and let the guard get to the second level on him and seal him for that big run. You know, it's one of those things where that's fine. It's going to, that's going to happen when you play that much nickel defense, stuff like that's going to happen, but the bills are solid after that. They, they played really well against the run, but man, you guys, it's so it's look, it's okay to be frustrated and worried about that. And we're going to keep harping on it. And I'm going to keep talking about it until it's fixed. It's okay. It doesn't mean that the Bills are able to reach their potential in terms of winning a Super Bowl. Or no, not at all. Does it change the fact that the Bills can, you know, will they not win a division because they don't have a middle linebacker? No. But it does affect games. It does. And it matters. Right. So we can't sit here and, and just look at it and be like, well, it's just middle linebacker or whatever. And then they'll figure it out. But no, man, it's OK to be concerned. Let's talk about. So. Here's here's the next part of the show. I want to now that we got the the Steelers recap out of the way. I kind of want to I want to get excited, man. Like I want to I want to get into the Jets game and I want to feel like obviously we're going to be excited because it's the first game of the season, everything's kicking off, but man, like I think I've been focused so much solely on, you know, what the Bills are lacking. Let's talk about what's good. Let's talk about what's going to be good this year. They kind of lighten the mood, right? First of all, uh Sarah Christine says so happy it looks like we hit on Torrance, though. Though, why is McDermott still uh, saying the spots are still being decided? Well, I think sometimes uh, it's coach speak, and he's and he's telling the truth. Like this, you got to understand. Like the the top of this roster to the bottom, it's the Bills have a really really good roster, and he's not just gonna hand it to anybody. When you look at Trey White, he didn't just hand the job to Trey White even though they didn't have much at cornerback at the time, he didn't just hand it to Trey White. He didn't hand it to um, to uh, Tremaine Edmonds, Matt Milano. Like you have to, if you're going to play here, you have to come in, you got to earn it. And and that's coach speak. Right. And, but McDermott stands on that. They don't care where your draft status is as much. We, I think we care more about draft status than they do. Think about that. We care more about 
where a guy was drafted than I think the team does. At this, you know, there's different phases of roster construction. Um, the Bills, you know, they they early in the process, they could take some chances, right? So then they took some some big chances, they hit on some guys. And then they kind of I felt like they kind of you know strike while the iron's hot. I don't know if you guys have gambled, you're playing craps, you know, you're rolling and you're betting, and all of a sudden that seven rolls and they take it all. I felt like we've had some some draft picks where it just ain't it, and that's okay. You're gonna you're gonna miss out on some. But again, you know, I feel like uh this roster is really good, so guys are gonna have to come in, they're gonna have to produce. Uh Z Mad Moffat says, Sterling, what's your thoughts on Cromer and Washington? We need more out of both lines in the trenches. Um, you know, I I love Aaron Cromer. Um, I, I wanted to see more out of the offensive line last year. Like I wanted them to kind of, you know, figure out, okay, what are what are we? Are we a gap or zone? And it I felt like they they it took too long for them to figure out we're a gap running team. So I hope that, you know, um this year that they kind of have that sorted out. I mean, it's really hard to tell in the preseason, cause, you know, but I hope he can figure that out. Um, Eric Washington, you know, I don't know how I feel about Eric Washington. I, I hear like the players love him. Um, man, I just want, him, I, you know, it's like I want him to to do something with Boogie Basham and AJ Epinesa, like for them to be good. You know what I'm saying? And they just Epinesa had a, be, a better year last year. We're seeing we're seeing signs of Boogie producing like when is Ed Oliver going to take that next step? So, so I look at, you know, uh, Eric Washington. I'm like, man, you, I need you to get more out of these guys, but I think they're both really solid coaches. I I, I like Aaron Cromer more than I do Eric Washington. Um, but the players rave about Eric Washington. I mean, that's why he's the assistant head coach. So, um, that's what I feel about them. Yeah. And you know, if you guys want to ask questions, by all means do so. Uh, so anyway, so I want to be excited about this season. I'm excited about Dalton Kincaid. You know, I've 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 talked all off season since they got him, and you know, from a statistic from a statistical point of view, I think you know his stat line is going to read. I think he's going to get like 55 catches for 600 yards and like five or six touchdowns. I think that's a really good year for Dalton Kincaid, but. I think he could do more than that. I think I think he could do more. It's not because he's not like a traditional tight end, right? He's not a traditional tight end. I mean, they're, they're lining him up in the slot, just like they said they would. Just like they said they would. I think Dalton Kincaid's going to have a big year. I, again, I'm not saying he's all pro status and all this, but I'm saying he, he's going to have a good year. Uh, someone asked me about James Cook. Oh, I think Cook's gonna be a stud. You, you know, I'm. You, you guys know I'm a I'm a big Michigan Wolverine fan, and they they kind of got their butts handed to them uh, in the BCS when they played Georgia, and, and just seeing uh, James Cook, I was like, man, I liked him a lot. I liked him a lot coming out. You know, he's a guy that that uh, you, he can run routes like a receiver to an extent, right? you know, pass catcher out of the backfield, but I love it. I love his speed, right? Again, he's one of those guys that when he runs the ball, he kind of looks, you know, just meh, like, like he's not even trying, but that dude's moving. He's fast. He's real fast. Um, I'm excited about James Cook. I'll tell you what I was wrong about. Let me tell you what I was wrong about. 
Gabe Davis. I was wrong about Gabriel Davis. Look, what I saw from him yesterday and what we've been hearing in training camp all summer long is that the dude is balling. He's balling. And he's worked on his short to intermediate route running, which is great. But, yo, that 50-yard throw on a dot to Gabriel Davis and that got called back. I mean, look, folks, you know, think of it like this. All the hype that we had about Gabe Davis going into last season, I think you should start thinking that way now. I think you should start thinking that way. Now, look, we know he had he he had a, he struggled with drops last year. Most drops on the team, I think he had like 12, 14 or 15 drops last season. That's too many drops. That's too many. But this year, not injured, right? Because he hurt his ankle. And and I would you heard me say here, like, okay, how much your ankle injury? Okay, cool. But like, does that stop your hands from working? Like, that's what I've I said that. And it's, I still think it's true. Now, I think timing is affected and stuff like that. And maybe some, sometimes you got to account for the mental aspect of things. So, I like, I'm giving him a pass on that. But I would say I'm wrong. Like, I was wrong um, for saying that he's trash. Or or not that he's trash, but he just ain't it. I'm, I don't know if the bill – I don't think that at this rate right now, if, if we're going off of what we think Gabriel Davis is going to be able to do, he's a 1,000-yard receiver, folks. He he will hit a thousand yards, probably eight touchdowns this season. Uh, he he's pricing himself out of Buffalo. I don't know if they're going to be able to sign him, unless he takes a, a you know I don't I don't see him giving the Bills a discount. But he's gone, so we got to enjoy him while we got him. So I'm on the Gabe Davis hype train. Like I want him to ball out. And I and from what I saw, what we saw, I think he's gonna be that guy. So think about it, folks. Your top three weapons on offense: Stephon Diggs, Gabriel Davis, Dalton Kincaid. And guess what? You still got Dawson Knox too. Oh, and by the way, you you got a, a second year James Cook, who who led the league in explosive plays. Explosive run rate. Oh, 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 yeah. And you got this guy named Josh Allen who's your quarterback. Uh, listen, it all comes down to Ken Dorsey. What, what is Ken Dorsey going to do to take this team to the next level? Because you you got everything. Now, the Bills, they need they need some, some help on the offensive line. You know, like we need Spencer Brown to come into his own. We need Connor McGovern. So, like, we know he's really good at pass protection. He needs to improve in the run game. Dion, continue to be consistent. Mitch, be consistent. But, hey, man, this 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 offense is going to be good. Oh, and by the way, you have a Deontay Hardy who's who also can play in the slot or outside, but he has real speed. Like, this isn't a uh, this isn't Isaiah McKenzie situation. Like, this guy is a real threat on the outside and and on the inside. Like, he could he could do a lot. Um, I, I liked what he did yesterday. I like it was really, really good seeing him out there and produce a little bit. Um, the hands are there, the route running is there, the speed's there, right? Kind of jumps off the it kind of jumps out off the screen. So I'm excited about that. 
um, defensively. I can't wait to see what Vaughn does. I think not having Vaughn, like, I don't know if you guys have noticed noticed this last year, but when Vaughn was on the field, the defense played with more confidence. They just played with more confidence. Vaughn gets hurt and things changed. I can't wait to see him come back into the fold because Vaughn Miller is still a top five pass rusher in this league when he, when he's healthy, when he's on the field. Think about it. Look at what he did to Kansas City Chiefs in week five last year, week six. Okay. Let's see what it looks like for Ed Oliver this year. Now that he got the contract stuff out of the way, he could really focus on football. Not saying that he wasn't, but he even said that he had some things going on last year, some adjustments in terms of off the field stuff. And so maybe those things are kind of um, settled down and, and now he can really get back to football. Let's see what he can do. You got Daquan Jones. Daquan Jones is solid. Oh, and by the way, you got Puna Ford as well. So I think the Bills' run defense is going to be really good this year. Now, let, uh, let, me, let me pump the brakes a little bit because statistically they, they are always really good. But, like, I felt like at times it just didn't look – they didn't look as good as, as high as they were ranked. Maybe that's different this year. But we definitely need some improvements from uh, the defensive line. Now, rushing the passer, what did the Bills do? They got Leonard Floyd, right? Greg Rousseau got a sack yesterday, which was nice to see. Uh, I think Boogie Basham even played well. Um, I really didn't notice A.J. Epinesa much yesterday. Uh, I think guys like uh, the kid Klein, I don't, he's not going to make the roster. Uh, Shane Ray is not going to make the roster. But I really hope that this defensive line can settle in and that they can really uh, give the opposing quarterbacks fits because, look, you have to be able to rush the passer in the AFC. If you're going to be the top dog, if you're going to be, if you think you're going to get to the Super Bowl and represent the AFC, you you got to go through Mahomes. You got to go through Burrow. So you have to affect the quarterback, right? I'm I'm team pass rush all the way before I'm team coverage. I, I think, you know, pass rush is where it's at. I think pass rush sets the tone and, and they got to set the tone this season. Um. You know, we talked about middle linebacker, Matt Milano. Uh, I think he's going to continue to have an all pro. I think he's going to be another pro bowl, all pro kind of guy this coming year. I think Daquan Jones and and those guys up front are really going to free some things up for those guys. Now it depends on what Tyrell Dotson does, but I think Matt Milano's that guy. We got Trey white coming back. Trey white. Look, Trey white looks to be, looks like he's back. Trey white's a dog. And we, we forgot how good Trey white is or Trey white was, or he is. I think he's really going to show that. And then, you know, for the backside, we got Poyer and Hyde. And, and you know, our our entire defense really – they were injured all season. So, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you guys all this. I'm going over this stuff because I think it's important to remember what we actually have than what's going on right now. Right now it's preseason. Right now they're figuring things out. I think the Bills are, are better schematically with Sean McDermott at the helm. On defense, I think he's gonna he's gonna be more aggressive, right? Um, and in regards to the offensive line play before we leave tonight, uh, Eric Wood made some really interesting comments saying that you know they really didn't um like it's one thing when you go up against a four man front in training camp and that's all you see, right? 
But it's another thing where you go and you're playing a three, four defense uh, in the preseason because you're not really, he, he was saying that they don't really um, get these guys like ready for a three, four defense. You know, it, you're not game planning specifically for that. So like, I think we need to temper our expectations or, or what we thought happened yesterday, just a tad, just a little bit. Now, I'm not making an excuse for these guys, some of these guys getting beat in poor performances. But what I'm saying is they really it's not it's not game plan, game plan specific right now. So um I thought so if you if you go check out Eric Wood and read he has a whole thread on Twitter or on X. I even hate the X. <laughs> he has a whole thread there that that you can uh check out, but it's it's really good. It's it's, it's very insightful. So um real quick. So I think, you know, the Bills, look, we're going to see the third preseason game. Don't expect the starters to play at all, right? Um, we're going to find out. We're going to find out what these guys are. Who's going to make That's going to be coming soon. But don't be surprised. You know, we talked about Khalil Shakur might not make the roster. Don't be surprised. But anyway... We're kind of out of time for tonight. Uh, I believe Joe Miller is going to be up next. But uh, thank you guys so much for for joining me tonight right here on Intentional Grounding. Uh, sorry for the technical difficulties with the stream yard here in the beginning. But, uh, again, I'll edit that stuff out. But, uh, man, you guys have a blessed freaking week. I will see you Tuesday night. Tuesday night for the chop up and we're going to be talking about all kinds of stuff so make sure you stay locked and loaded right here on the Buffalo Rumblings vidcast feed if you haven't done so already like follow subscribe to intentional grounding and uh get you know you guys have a fantastic week and we out of here